This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Janos Shanaeus and Max Cohen. This episode is entitled The Player Rating Show Plus because we will be going through the player ratings of the Fulham players against Arsenal. But on top of that, we have a lot to discuss, and we're going to start that off in the Cottage Talk Roundtable. We have many topics to discuss there, and then later on after we do our player ratings, we will do a quick match preview of the upcoming FA Cup match for Fulham against Oldham. So we have a lot to get through. So let's not waste any more time when we bring on my co-host first. Mr. Janaeus, how you doing? Hello. I'm just absolutely lovely. How are you doing, matey? I am doing pretty good there, my friend. It's not great weather here, but uh, I just wanted to uh, mention that. But uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, excited for the FA Cup and all of us dreaming, as we usually do, of a trip to Wembley. But that uh, that uh, fixation was taken care of back in back in May, which was great. <laughs> but it'd be nice to go on a cup run. Yes. It'd be nice, and hopefully we can take uh, care of uh, Oldham uh, tomorrow and give us a little bit of confidence as we head into that big game against Burnley next week. Absolutely there, Giannis. Max, Mr. Cohen, how you doing? I'm doing great. Um, and, and in the spirit of the FA Cup weekend, I'd love to pose a quick question for you guys. I've seen a lot of stuff on, on Twitter and Facebook about this question. Would you rather win the FA Cup and get relegated or stay up and lose to Oldham? And I was wondering what your guys' thoughts were on this little conundrum here. Well, for me, it would be staying in the Premier League. That's mine. I'll give a quick answer, Giannis. Yes, same here. Same here. Um... Um, it, it reminds me, wasn't it several years ago, Birmingham City won the League Cup? It did. And, then, and Wigan actually did not Wigan not win the yep. FA Cup? Yeah. Yes, they yep. did. Yes, they did. Uh, I want to stay in this division. Um, and let's be honest, when it gets to the last 16, the big guns will put their big teams out and then we'll get blown away anyway. <laughs> so um, I'd rather just stay up if we can do it. I totally agree with that. So that answers that question. How about you, Max? Yeah, I'm with you guys. Unfortunately, it seems that, you know, romanticism is dead. The magic of the FA Cup is dead, <laughs> at least for us. But, yeah, I'd much rather stay in, in the top flight than uh, win the FA Cup. Maybe in a couple of years' time when we're established in the Premier League again, that might change. But nice. for now, it's just, I think it's much more important for the club just to maintain their Premier League status, unfortunately, um, than really going to the Cup run. I'm there with you, my friend. All right. Before we go on any further, I do want to mention this. I was actually contacted by – a Fulham supporter in Indiana by the name of Nick Bloom. You can follow him on Twitter, FFC Indiana. And this is a very sad story. He wanted me to mention this to the Fulham supporters. I'm actually going to put this up on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. And I'm just going to read the tweet and we'll just talk about it briefly because it's sad. We, we actually, Giannis, you and I talked about the passing of Mark Anthony Cutler last week. And uh, this brought me back to it. And I think it's something that, you know, again, we have this uh, show and I, I want to help out Fulham supporters spread the word 
on worthy causes, and this is one of them. Nick tweeted to me, my beloved Boilermakers lost their captain yesterday. I'd appreciate it if you could share so that my foam family may learn of the loss of one of my Purdue family members. Then he mentions donate to his pediatric cancer research fund here. I'll be putting that up on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. And there's an article that goes along with the tweet. It's actually from ESPN, and it says, Purdue superfan Tywa Trent had died after a long battle with a rare form of bone cancer. And uh, this has become a huge story here. It's a very sad story about Tywa Trent. And I just wanted to mention this to foam supporters and was, you know, if, if they wanted to get involved and, uh, and uh, donate to this fund. So I'll, I'll put that up on the Cottage Talk Facebook page. And, and I'm very sorry for the loss to the family of Tywa Trent and, and obviously the Purdue family and, and Nick as well. Nick, thank you for sharing that with me. I, I obviously have learned a lot about this uh, unfortunate passing of uh, Tower Trent. So I just wanted to mention that to everyone. All right. Okay, guys, let's wow. get into the show. And let's start here. Let's go into the Cottage Talk Roundtable. I've got a few topics for us to get into. And let's do this this way. I want your top three positional priorities for foam in the transfer window starting with number one and going all the way to three. Giannis, I'm going to start with you. Give me your three priorities positional-wise for form in the transfer window. A girlfriend for Billy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, centre-back, I think, number one and number two, but we've just got to give it number one. Okay. Uh, number two, I think we need uh, I think we need a right-back. Um and number three, um, we – I'm going to say we need um, – I think we need another striker. I, I, I'm, I'd like to give um, – I'd like to see Ibrahim Assisi give him a better, more of a run out in the first team. I thought he played uh, pretty well against Arsenal. And um, Anguissa's – well, he's injured, obviously. Um and um, the Seri Kearney thing, I'm not sure how it's working. Um, but I think those three are going to be key. So I know, obviously, with the Gary Cahill rumours flying yeah. up, I think the biggest urgency is to, we need a centre-back with experience um, that can marshal and provide leadership. And I think it will help us. Um, I think it will also help uh, Rico. I think it's been sensational. So for me, it will be centre-back, right-back, and holding central midfielder. Holding central midfielder would be three. Okay. Very mm-hmm. interesting. Max, how about you? What, what are your top three priorities starting with number one? Yeah, for me, actually, the first one is going to be that holding central midfielder, actually. Okay. I think the defense has been terrible, but a, lo- a large part of that has been the lack of cover, right? These guys are so exposed uh, in matches because our central midfielders don't track runs. You know, we saw that unfortunately with Kearney uh, in the Arsenal match. I thought he played really well, but you know, two defensive lapses, and that's two Arsenal goals at really the worst times. So that's one of the, my, my big worries is that we don't have enough um, cover in front of that back five, back three, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then number two is going to be center back. I think luckily we're hopefully going to address that pretty soon with the anticipated arrival of Gary Cahill. Um, but I do think we, we need more <laughs> just because, you know, even Mawson, Mawson going, going out injured just shows how exposed we can be. And listen, I love Adore, I love Reem, um, I love Lamarchand. These guys just are not going to keep in the league. I, I think they do they do a decent job, but if you really want to stay in the league and, and, and be be more comfortable about it, you need players with more experience, with more quality than just people making it all basically essentially their Premier League debuts. I know we played a little, little bit for Bolton, but that was you know five or six years ago. And then third position, I'm torn here between a right back and a striker because I'm just worrying. I mean, some of my friends said to me, "What if Mitrovic gets injured? You guys are done." And th- that is kind of a worry because he's just scored yep. and assists so many of our goals. Um, but honestly, I've been impressed by the former Cyrus Christian recent weeks. So I think probably a backup striker was going to be my uh, third most pressing concern. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, I'm going to share mine. It starts with center back. I think that's the number one need for me. And uh, I like what Alfie Mawson has given Fulham, but obviously he's dealing with something right now. And I think we also need – someone that has a lot of uh, experience. So I am hoping, hoping that this speculation with Gary Cahill comes true and it becomes a deal because I think Gary Cahill could do a very good job for Fulham. 
Number two is right back because I think that even though Cyrus Christie has done a decent job, as Max had said, I think we could use an upgrade there. So I'm going there as number two. And number three, I'm going to go with striker for the reasons Max just said. I think that if something ever happened to Alexander Mitrovic, we are in a bunch of trouble. So I want more firepower there. But to go back to what Yana said, if I was going to say number four, it would be a defensive midfielder. And number five would be right winger because, again, I would like to see them eventually get a true right winger. I, I think that would be something that could be a huge benefit to Fulham Football Club. So I kind of expanded it a little bit there to just add a couple more. But that's kind of where I'm going on that, guys. And that's going to lead me now to go and talk about the speculation with uh, Gary Cahill. And, Max, you wrote about this, so I'll go to you first because I I want your thoughts about this. And I've been going back and forth with a Fulham supporter friend of mine in Spain because the speculation is that Fulham would – bring in Gary Cahill on loan, and then Fosu Mensa, Timothy Fosu Mensa, would go back to Manchester United. So here is what I'm asking you. Do you think it makes more sense to buy him outright because he's at the end of his contract with Chelsea or bring him on loan? And my friend's argument, Max, is that, well, we need to write back badly, and if you're picking Fosu Mensa and sending him back, then you need another right back, and that should take priority. Loan should be about a right back, and then just try to buy Cahill permanently. What are your thoughts about the Cahill situation? You can feel free to talk about your article as well. Yeah, I, I just don't think buying Cahill outright is, is going to be the, the best move, in my opinion, just because he's 33 years of age. He is kind of the definition. See, of I, I agree fit. with this, but, but, but I wanted to have a conversation. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's a good point to bring up because – it really goes into what do we need more center back or right back? And right. I just think those three center backs um, in this new Rainier system are so vital to the way we play. And Gary Cahill, I think is, is an excellent acquisition. I know he has not played that much this season, but this is a guy who won the Premier League in 2016, 17, basically played every single match for Chelsea in, in a, in a very similar back three formation um, with Conte. Right. So although he's getting older, he's not the player he was, you know, when he won the Champions League with Chelsea, this is still exactly the person you need, an experienced head who's had hundreds of Premier League um, appearances, has had great success in the Premier League for really some top teams. And also, let's not forget, has experience with Bolton, you know, staying up in the, in the Premier League, being in that kind of relegation dogfight. He knows what it takes. So he has kind of the duality of the Premier League experience, which would be great. And just getting him in is, is the biggest priority for me right now. We need a center um, back. And if we haggle with permanent yep. deals, I think as you're mentioning, Russ, before before we started, yep. we might get into some co- complications. We might end up playing too much. It might end up uh, catching a snag. And just for me, you need to get him through the door. And that's, I think, the best way to do that is alone. Absolutely. And I just want to mention, Max wrote an article about Fosu Mensa and Cahill in this whole situation a few days ago. So please check that out on the boot room. Giannis, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, – one of the reasons why I wanted to go through the priorities, first of all, is because for me, the priority is just getting a center back in. And I'm looking at this situation as a short term fix because of one, his age two, you know, we're just trying to get over the line. We're trying to stay in the premier league. So I understand bringing Cahill and I wouldn't buy him out. I, I would not try to buy Gary Cahill. I, I don't think that is the move. But I kind of understand where my friend's going on this because he's thinking, well, we need a right back and how difficult it would be to buy a right back. So what are your thoughts about all this? Yeah, and that's, that's part of my – I mean, part of the conundrum is how much would it cost to buy Cahill out? Um, maybe maybe the brass of the club will look at it as its priority 1A and 1B. But yeah. Whether, you know, if Cahill's got six months left on the, on the contract – right. How much are we? How much are Chelsea going to sell him for? One thing I do know is that I think that the fact that he's got pretty fresh legs this year, he's not played a lot. Not um, at all. Well, very gonna, little. And he's going to help us because the one thing we've been, we've, um, you know, we've been lacking at the back has, um, has been leadership. And I think it's incumbent right. that we move quickly because, you know, one of the first people I might have thought was available to our club would have been in Nathaniel Klein, but he's gone to Bournemouth. Yes. Um, yes. So I think with the, the Burnley game coming up, it's really important that, you know, we make signings and we, we get our business done early. 
Um, we've seen what happened with late business. I know that a lot of fans might be on me on this one, but I think it didn't help that all these signings that we made were done so late in the summer. It really didn't give us a lot of time to get ready. Um, it's incumbent that we get business done early. So if we can get Cahill done um, in the next couple of days, he has to be ready for the Burnley game. And preferably, right. maybe there might be another right back out there. But I think that's absolutely um, it's critical we get that done because we've got some massive games coming up and, um, you know, we've got the money to spend if we need to buy them out. And if we get send Fosu Mensa back, then uh, we've got the legroom in terms of loan requests to take him on loan. Okay. But then, like you said, Giannis, the conundrum is that if we do this, and this is speculation at this point, we'll see if it happens. You bring in Cahill. Let's yeah. say we, it happens on loan the way that we're kind of hearing it, and yeah. Fosu Mensa goes back on from his loan stint and goes back to Manchester United. Well, then you need a right back in my opinion, and then you have to purchase a right back. And I think that's been the argument with my friend that it might be difficult. And that's what I just wanted to just go right back to you and talk about. Yeah, it's a tricky, you know, the, the only thing is that um, it, it's based on the assumption that um, Cyrus Christie can't do the job. And I happen to believe he can. Okay. The, pro- the problem is, is going to be cover. And, and that's, right. and, and that's where, um, you know, if if Ranieri says, "Look, I've seen enough of Christie. I think he can do the job," um, based on what happened when he was on the field at the Emirates versus when Fosu Mensah was on, yep. maybe that's what we need. And he says, "Okay, let's. We need Cahill, and if we need a right back, we need. We really need cover. That's going to be the key." Um, I've seen enough of Christie to suggest that, um, you know, at, at times he's. Um, you know, defensively, he can be a little bit in and out, but uh, he's done a decent job. I, I've laughed at those fans online who've said, oh, bring Ryan Fredericks back. Uh, no, thanks. Um, and sometimes our fans, I think, are a little bit fickle. You know, I've, I've seen, you know, fans talking about, oh, can we get Matt Target in? Well, Joe Bryan, I think, has actually done a decent job. So be careful what you wish for. I think, I think the Matt Target all, situation is gone because he's playing for Southampton. That isn't yeah, happening. And, and by all intent, to all intents and purposes, he's playing well. But the yeah. second thing has been a conundrum the whole bloody year. Right. And that's also, why, for me, that's the number one priority. That's why oh, yeah, I keep going absolutely. back to that. Absolutely. And and if we can get Cahill in, I'm not going to buy this 33-year-old thing. He's had... Um, you know, he'll be very frustrated, but but he's going to want to prove a point. He's going to have a chip and he's in his fresh, goal. like you said, Giannis. He's barely played. He's barely played. And um, he's won at, you know, every level of the game. And he, he'll he want to prove a point to Chelsea, I'm sure. And yep. he'll want to come in and do a, do a job. And I think he'd be, um, I think he'd be an excellent addition, if providing he stays healthy. I think okay. he'd be a very good addition to our team. Okay, excellent. Just want to mention, as we're recording this, Gary Cahill is not involved in uh, Chelsea's FA Cup match at all. Uh, so that kind of gets you thinking what's going on there. We're just mm-hmm. going to have to wait and see if uh, something has happened behind the scenes. I certainly would love to see Gary Cahill play for Fulham, and uh, let's hope that happens. Um, but as of recording, he's not playing today at all for Chelsea, so that's curious. Mm-hmm. All right, guys, I have one more topic in the Cottage Talk Roundtable, then we'll go through player ratings. This is interesting because uh, it, it involves three current form players and there's speculation linking them to other clubs. You have Stefan Johansson, Kevin McDonald, and Fabri all being linked away from Fulham. So Max, what are your thoughts about all these links of these players and how would you feel if say all three of them were gone or is there one that you just don't want to see go or maybe multiple players? Yeah, I think the first one, which is the most, uh, remarkable one is the Johansson to AC Milan. Link, yeah, you wrote about this. Which I did. Yeah, I actually did write an article about it because I just saw that uh, on Twitter and I thought, surely this is just some banter by some Italians, whatever. And then I go on Sky Sports and they actually have a whole article about it. That's right. And it seems legitimate, which is crazy because, I mean, AC Milan, they're fifth in Serie A. And this is the team with players like Iguain, Donnarumma. I mean, the midfield is um, like Frank Kessia, former like Bayern target. Um, like Montalivo, Bakayoko, former Monaco and Chelsea player, and Johansson. I can't imagine him in the in, in the same breath as those players, because he can't even a game. He can't even get a game for us, which is no knock on Johansson. I think he's an excellent championship player, one of our 
key members of the promotion core. But his level but, was in Premier League, and that's exactly, the issue. Exactly, his level is not Premier League, so I don't know how um, AC Milan expects him to step up to you know top challenging for Europa League yep. or playing in, in Europe. That's just uh, that's that's remarkable to me. Um, but at the end of the day, if they pay good money for him, I'm 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 okay with that. You know, he's he's a, he's a great player. I think he's very well loved by the Fulham family, without a doubt. A great servant of the club, helped us get promoted. But as we've seen this year, he's only played he's played 12 times. Eight of those have been off the bench, yep. and in the games he has played, he just hasn't had the impact, which is understandable. He's just not a Premier League player. So, although as tough it is to see a player who brought you up, he's a really great great lad. I actually met him. Um, you coming out of the uh, the players area after the Wolves match on Boxing Day, me and Emilio, that was a great moment. Um, I, I think he's given Fulham all he can, and and if AC Milan pay you know a couple million pounds for him, that would be a great great deal for us. Okay, and how about Kevin McDonald being linked to Rangers, and then Fabri being linked to a couple of teams, but one closer to Fulham would be Leeds United, which yeah. I've seen as well. I, what are I, your I, thoughts about those two? Players? Yeah, McDonald um, kind of fits in the same. Uh, bracket as Johansson, in my opinion, just because of a name we talked about earlier, Ibrahim Asise. Yeah. <laughs> this is a guy who couldn't get in the team at all during the championship and then is now leapfrogged both of those uh, championships. You read my mind. I was about to say leapfrogged. That's so funny. Exactly. Yeah. So um, if they can't, if, listen, if Kevin McDonald and Stephanie Johansson can't get in the team above Ibrahim Asise right now, um, then there's, I, don't, I don't see a future for them at Fulham, okay. which, which, is, which is not nice to say because these are, again, great servants of the club. McDonald just signed a new contract in the summer. I mean, we, we, that's pretty hard to forget. I mean, he just committed his future. And he's already going to leave in January. Um, but again, if, if he wants to go north of the border, back up to his native Scotland, Rangers, you know, Stephen Jared pays a couple million for him. Yep. I, I'm okay with that because he's really not going to play a role um, for us going forward as far as I can see. And if teams can pay good money for them, then I'd be very happy with that. And for Bree, uh what an unlucky situation he's had because as although I don't rate him as a keeper at all, I think he's, he only started two games, the first two games, and he's been anonymous, he's been out, he's been exiled, right? Yep. Um, the goalkeeper coach brought him in, the goalkeeper coach left, and he's just been stranded. Uh, he's not. I don't think he's a Premier League keeper, honestly. He was terrible coming off the line for that Zaha goal uh, at Palace. He got beat his near post for the Schlupp goal, and then against Tottenham, he just looked unconvincing. Which is probably I, I'm saying I'm probably being too harsh on him. It's always tough to adapt to England. But again, if Leeds and Bielsa want to take him off our hands, I'd be really okay with all three of those transfers for us. Okay, excellent. Giannis, your thoughts on these three players' links away from Fulham Football Club? Well, the, the Steph and Johansson's a laugher, isn't it, really? <laughs> yes. I mean... Uh, nothing against him, but I... I, I, nothing, I, mean, I love Johansson. Yeah. He, he's always entertaining. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, you know, he's, a, he's a feisty player. You can always guarantee you're going to get uh, you, you're um from the from those people from the old days. I remember Francis Benali from Southampton. You're guaranteed yellow card a game. Um, <laughs> it, it's a it's a it's a it's an odd one. It's an odd one. Now, if they're willing to give us a bit of money for him, absolutely. I wish him nothing but the best. He right. was a huge part of last year, and um, you know, and he, and he's not part of our plans. He's just not. He might be an international player. He's been an international captain, but he's just not of the quality. I mean, the chasm between the division that we got relegated from and the division we're in now, um, it's, it's just so, just a few years has made such a massive difference. It just, it just yep. seems to be no weaknesses. And, you know, when Tottenham can put a reserve team out and knock seven past Tranmere, and, and to be yeah. honest, and they looked really, really good as well. And no, and, and no disrespect to Tranmere either. Right. Um, so, I mean, if we can get that's great. The second one is Fabry. I agree with Max. I think he's been a bit unlucky. Um, I, you know, Rico, um, Rico's our number one goalkeeper. I don't think there's any doubt. Absolutely. Think, and as good as he is now, I think how much better he's going to be when he's got a, an established centre-back playing with him there. Uh, yep. can, can really lead that role. So if Fabry can go out on loan or we've got a chance to, to um, you know, um, uh, sell him, then so be. But I think he's been. He's, I think he's been. He's been very unlucky there. Now the third player. I'm having a genetics moment here. Who's the third player, young Russ? Kevin McDonald with Rangers. K Mac. Okay. Well, this is, yeah, K Mac. Now this is an interesting one, but again, in the Stephanie Hansen mold, um, it's um, as as you know, all the people um, 
that want to go to their retirement caskets, they go north of Adrian's Wall and they go up playing the Premier League. Um, Jermaine Defoe's th- 36. I saw really, that. Yeah. We talked uh, about I, that on the prior show. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's, yeah, and that's, I mean, I think Stevie G's done a, an amazing job up he there. He has. So we'll give him credit. He might be able to put a, put a few in the back of the net there. Um, Jesus, Ross McCormack's just re signed. I saw that too. Alone. Yeah, it's really a well. Well. Yeah, oh, him it. and his, his big belly. Um, but K Mac would be able to do a job. I, I'm just, I'm just, you know, there, there are rumors coming out of Celtic that uh, Scotty Brown might be um, heading out of um, Scotland uh, at the end of the season. But I'd love to see a battle between K Mac and Scott Brown and an old, old firm derby before the end of the year. That would be quite, <laughs> that would be something to two very combative players. Absolutely. I think for Kevin McDonald, he yep. can go, he could go down to the to championship and do a, um, a number. But yeah. I think. The opportunity to win another trophy um, would be, I think, would be would be excellent. He's been a great servant for us. He has. And um, although, can I just have a little joke? So, as you Go know, ahead. social media is always good. And um, Musa Dembele, as you know, it looks like he's on his way out, and he could be going to China. And what, a way, on, what a yeah. way! What a way! I'm so sad about that. Yeah, you you, you wanted him back at full, man. I, so I I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there've been some there've been some issues there, I think, with, with with injuries and what have you. But some some wag, um, delightfully said, "Well, yeah, he's leaving Tottenham, so he can he can finally win some trophies." So, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's um, and it's the one thing it's the it's the big thing against Spurs for all their quality, for all their depth and thingy. They've won nothing. Yeah. And uh, this year, Liverpool have gone and taken over. I wish Dembele well because that is yeah, so was just awesome for us. I'd love to have him back, but I think the age is the problem. Yeah. And um, he's actually going to be injured for the whole of January anyway, so um, so he won't be of much. We help. need players that can play right now. So we need players that can play. Right now. <laughs> but uh, for those three, I think yeah. Smith, Joe, and Fabry, and K Mac. If we if we if we dispense with all three. Um, and get something that gives us a bit of money, a better leeway to, to get better players in, then uh, I'm all for it. Okay. Real quick, because I want to go right into the player rating show. To both of you, this question, and this is what I've heard from friends of mine, Fulham supporters. We need to keep our championship-level players in case we go down. What are your thoughts about that, Giannis, and then over, over to Max right after that? No, because uh, – and the reason being – you know, it'll be over a year since we got promoted and, and players have got better and players have regressed. We can't make the assumption that if we go down a Steph Joe and a K-Mac are necessarily going to help us because, you know, we could, who knows, we could lose a Kenny, we could lose a Sessignon. Yeah. Um, someone could come in with a really big bid for Mitrovic. His, his value's gone way up from, in my estimations. So, no, I think um, you want championship-ready players at the time, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of assumptions are made, but, oh, yeah, our teams get relegated, and, yeah, they'll do really, really well. But, and I'm going to give you a classic example of that, and that's uh, Dwight Gale. Yeah. Dwight Gale's a player who's not quite good enough for the Premier League, but is absolutely brilliant in the Championship. Right. And you need players that are going to really do that. So I wouldn't assume that we're necessarily, I'm sure that if we, depending on the manager, we've got players out there. There will be players out there that can come in and help our, our lineup without having been part of that setup earlier this year. I totally agree with that, Max. Real quick, your thoughts on this, and then we'll go into player ratings. Yeah, as as Yana said, the league changes. It, it would be way too presumptuous to try to keep you know that that core. Who's what's to say that Johansson and McDonald are going to be as effective in the championship next season than they were yeah. two seasons ago? And also, I don't know. For me, that's always a bit grim to plan for that uh, with with in January. You know, that's that's looking too far forward and, and too far down. <laughs> In my estimation. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, guys. All right. Let's now get into the player ratings for the foam players against Arsenal. And we're going to do this fairly quickly, like within, say, 10 to 15 minutes. So uh, I'm going to move this on fairly fast, guys. Um, Max, I'll go to you first. You were at the match, and then I'll go to you, Yana. So let's just do the goalkeeper by himself, Sergio Rico. Give me a rating for him against Arsenal. Uh, seven. Because he saved this from being a whole, whole lot worse. Uh, there were there were so many opportunities Arsenal had, you know, towards the end when they really could have piled on the scoreline, uh, perhaps a bit unfairly, but he made some excellent one-on-one saves from Abebeyang. He made a great save in that first half. Uh, a combination from him and Reem blocking that one off the line. 
And he, he was one of our uh, best defenders uh, that day. So I'm going to give him a seven. Okay. Giannis, what would you give Sergio Rico? Do you agree with Max? I, I give him eight and man of the match. I think I thought he was absolutely brilliant. And oh, uh, he might be one of the reasons, you know, the results didn't go against, it didn't go for us New Year's Day. But if we've got a glimmer of hope of staying in this division, this is the guy that might save our bacon. I totally agree with that. He was outstanding. And, he and was. Um, if you can imagine if he's playing behind it, you know, a back four that's actually in sync. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's, and that's part of it, right? It was really, it was little breakdowns that cost us against Arsenal. It's yep. not that we played badly at the back. We just, it was little bits of quality that players of immense experience can really help to, to, to coach on the field that, that Ranieri can't do it all from the sidelines. Yeah. But I thought Rico did his job and earned his pay. So for me, he was an eight. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's right back to you. I'm going to give you the back three all together. Reem, Le Marchand, and Adoy. Give me ratings for all three. Um, I'm going to give I'm going to give six for all three. I thought I think Reem has shown signs that he's getting back into some sort of form. I, I'm not convinced. To be honest with you, I'm not convinced that three at the back is going to work. And it works anyway. I think it's very risky. I think you've got to have three very, very strong defenders for it to work. And, and it's so critical on your, the ability of your midfielders and strikers to try and get behind the line and the ball when you lose possession. And when you have players like Shirley, you know that's never going to happen. Yeah. So I don't know if he's willing to take a look at this and maybe go to a four. Does he go to a four and go ream, ream at the back with maybe a Cahill? Would that work? Possibly that may cost. Uh, that might mean that someone else is going to have to lose this spot. But so be it. I thought they were fairly solid. Um, t- to be honest, um, just just there was some quality and critical times. And it's not to say that we didn't create the chances to have yeah. actually got something from it. But I thought overall decent from all three to six. Okay, Max, to you, Giannis gives all three players the six. Your thoughts. Yeah, I thought they were very impressive. I might, I might even say seven because for large stretch of that match, you know, Arsenal were, were, were pretty poor. We, we didn't give them much, but the thing with Arsenal is that when they get into that final third, when they get in and around the box, they're some of the best players in the league, in my opinion, with Aubameyang, Lacazette, Awobi, little touches. You could just see our defense had no chance to get anywhere near them. And that's how they got, you know, a lot of their goals was just little short little combinations, just too quick for us. Um, one thing I would say is that the first two goals that we conceded were not the fault of the back four per se, but the fault of uh, the center midfielder is not tracking runs, right? Kearney let, let his man go when Jaka scored. Absolutely. And then, same thing with Glasenak. He just didn't follow, didn't follow his run. Um, and, and, and it's a shame for that because Adoy, I thought, was actually pretty excellent. Chasing down the wings uh, really didn't, didn't let them have much space apart from that final third. But Marchand was very impressive for me again. He, he came in his first start in a while, uh, you know, after coming at halftime at Huddersfield. And he had some nice little flicks and tricks. But that first half, I thought we were really untroubled, and we were very, very unfortunate to concede off you know one of their only dangerous attacks. So I think the back, the back three, those center backs, give me get get a seven. Okay, excellent. And we'll be talking about Tom Kearney in just a few minutes because uh, it's a very good point that you just brought up there, Max. All right, I'm going to give you Cyrus Christie and Joe Bryan right back to you, Max. Give me a rating for these two players. <sighs> Christie was an odd one because he got taken off. I don't know if it's injury or tactical, but. He didn't seem to do much wrong, but he got took off pretty early. I'll give him a six. I thought he got forward well at times, but again, he just lacks that final delivery and could have been a lot more dangerous on that right wing when we had a lot of counterattacking opportunities. Cessnion slipped him in a couple of times, but didn't make too much out of it. Um, And I'm going to give Brian uh, a six as well. I thought he played relatively well. The the only knock I'll have on him is when uh, Aubameyang scored that fourth goal. Reem was the only one on the left side of the fence. We just left him completely exposed there. I think that's probably going to be the job of the left back to mark him. So I give both sixes, maybe a little bit uh, lenient, but again, I just didn't think this performance was that bad. Okay, fair enough. Over to you, Giannis. Uh, I thought uh, Christy, I'm going to give a six and a half. Um, I didn't think he did a bad job. Um, I didn't see any sign of an injury. And um, God knows he was a got mighty side better than that full Sumenta fella. <laughs> Didn't like him at all. He was bloody terrible. Um, Brian, 
Brian, I'm going to give a seven. Okay. Um, I really liked what he's done. Um, I think he's really grown into his role. And, um, I, and that's why the, the, the notion and the, and the reference to, 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 to our friend down in Southampton is um, Mr. Target is, I understand, but, but I think Brian's done actually a decent job. I think he's a little inconsistent with his crossing. Yes. Um, but it needs but, to be better. He needs to be better, but I like his defensive posture. Um, you know, and levels of communication are good. Um, we've got Cissé and Kenny, correct? Yes. Now I'm going to go right back to you. Let's talk about them. Before I get your thoughts on mm. Kearney, I just want to mention this. You and I talked about Kearney, Giannis, and uh, I want to give credit to the Fulmish podcast. I listened to their episode uh, talking about this match. And uh, Giannis, like you and I, Sammy and, and Dom, I want to give them credit. They pointed the finger for that first goal at Tom Kearney and uh, just watch it back because he just let Zaka go right through. So um, I'm curious your rating because for all the good that he does going forward, for me, he was a major cause for the first goal. So give me a rating for Tom Kearney. And, and you wanted to see Ibrahim Assisi. So I'm curious your thoughts for a rating for him. Yeah, I'm going to give uh, I'm going to give Kearney a six and CC a seven. I'm going to start with Kearney. Um, I don't subscribe to the notion that unless you're Cristiano Ronaldo, who know who we know can't defend a lick, every midfielder in the planet has to be able to, to know whether it's if, even if they can't tackle, is to track their man. And that to me was just either he switched off, it was bone idle. And you you know at the highest level of the game, you've got to you've got you know you can play the game, but do you understand the game? I've said it many times before. And for me, that was just, that was poor. Um, that's his job. He knows he's got to pick up a man. He's, he knows they're going to be running in the box. There's going to be movement. There's going to, they're going to try and isolate. And he just didn't pick up his man. And it's, and I know that Ranieri will be, you know, you know, he'll probably look at Kenny and go, well, Kenny, has got a lovely left foot. He's creative. He's a very good passer of a ball. But is that the sort of thing you want? in a relegation battle where right. really you're going to have one goal games. Right. And, and does his presence become a luxury? You know, um, it, it's an interesting one. I, okay. I, I was, was not happy with that first goal to me. He just, he, it was, um, it was almost negligence, but that's a decision right okay. here going to have to make. Um, right. CC, I give a seven. Uh, CC hadn't started a game since September of 2017. And we've all been wondering what the hell's going on. You know, uh, is he gone hiding in the mountains? Or is he chasing the goats in the Himalayas? Nobody's seeing. And I thought he he played very well. He was very calm. Um, I thought his discipline was good. His passing was decent. Um, He didn't look ruffled. Um, And and frankly, he looked a damn sight better than Angisa. And... uh, I hope that he plays against Oldham Lamar because if he plays against Oldham Lamar, I think he'll play against Burnley as well. I think that um, for some reason, Slava didn't fancy him. Yep. And um, and I think Cease is a decent player from what I've seen. I've not seen anything to disprove otherwise. And I thought he was okay, okay against Arsenal. So I'd give him a seven and Kenny a six. Okay. Max, quickly over to you. Kearney and Cisse. Yeah, it's, it's such a tough one for me with Kearney because – Without those defensive lapses, which is which is a big if, you know, he played yeah. really well. Right, I thought he was instrumental in the center midfield. I thought he was he played the role of Seri much better than Seri does. Right, he was that really at the forefront of much of our attacks. He sprung, you know, Sassinone free a number of times, excellent through balls. And I thought honestly, he was a lot more combative in the tackle than we've seen him in recent weeks. It looked like he was motivated. I thought he played well, but you cannot, you know, you have to try to reconcile that with the fact that he let those two players go. He doesn't track back. Right. Which is why you need to Cisse, the defensive midfielder, alongside him. But what was odd for me, I saw a lot during that match, was that Cisse was in sometimes further up the pitch than Kearney was. So it wasn't a true holding attacking in the center midfield. It's almost like they were switching at times, or you know, Cisse was even more attacking, which is pretty right. odd in my opinion. Um, but Cisse again, I'm, I'm glad Giannis was calling for him because when I was actually going to the Emirates on, on, on the tube and I saw the lineups got released and I saw Cisse there. I was I was really happy because he does a job. You know, we yeah. saw him a little bit against United, but he's a player who, of course, we have not seen at all. But you kind of sense he can play. And yeah. I thought his first start in the Premier League away at Arsenal, not the easiest of places to go to. 
certainly the quietest, quietest of places to go to. I'm sure he had great communication. You could hear everyone talking. Um, but he played really well. He played really, really well for a player who had not played at all. Okay. And he did better, I think, than Johansson and uh, McDonald done. He had some rusty touches, but right. for the large part, he looked at home. He didn't really look out of place in that midfield. So I'm going to give them both six and a half. Because uh, okay. I thought our center field play was decent. Okay, excellent. Just for time's sake, we're going to have to speed this up a little bit, guys. I'm going to give you Ryan Sessegnon, Alexander Mitrovic, and Andre Sherla all together. Max, to you first. Sherla, tough again because he was weak. He was so, and he's so slow. He just doesn't have the pace to get into the three balls. But he had some nice combination playing. I'm going to say five and a half for him. Sessegnon, he misses those two big chances. That's yeah. tough. But he also had an excellent assist for Kamara. I'm going to say six. Mitrovic, uh, he, you know, he, he won numerous free kicks. He's getting bullied all, throughout the match by Socrates, Koscielny, Mustafi. But he came out the top of many of those challenges. I'll give him a six as well. Um, I, I, th- I thought our attack, if Sessinon scores, it's just a different match. So he has to, totally he has to just get better at those. Um, but I can't fault him too much because he then created the Kamar goal. Okay. Over to you, Giannis. Uh, I agree with uh, Max. Five and a half for Sherla. Sherla for me isn't, has to be an impact sub now. You know, you bring him on last 20 minutes, he can shoot from, from anywhere. He'll provide maybe a little bit of quality. He can't be starting. He can't defend a lick. There's just no point. And especially in that system, it doesn't work. Sessegnon, uh, I gave a six and a half, did a lot of running. Oh, man. I, I, and you could see the disappointment. I mean, the second one was almost comical. The, it was actually a good cross from Sherlock on the left. And he's, he's just completely missed the ball. But that, that, that 1v1, uh, if only. But, I mean, never stopped running. Um, uh, so put put a shift in Mitro six and a half. I thought he, he led the line very well. Got really beaten up there, but this guy is he's, he gives it everything he's got. Absolutely. I think I think now, you know, do we do we find um, you know this is what you talked about earlier? Maybe the need for another strike. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but I thought he did solid solid job, and um, and for me a six and a half. Okay, excellent. Right back to you, Giannis. We've got to talk about the substitutions. I'm very looking forward to your ratings on all three. So let's go to Timothy Fosu-Mensa, Jean-Michael Seri, and Abubakar Kamara. Over to you, Giannis. Okay, we'll start with uh, Bubus. Um, Going to give him a seven. You know, I'm, I'm still annoyed by what happened last weekend, but it's dumb. Yep. Popped up, scored a goal. Still has the first touch of a brick. Um, <laughs> but, but works hard, impact. He does. For sure. Um, Seri six. Um, I think that was more a fatigue thing. Him coming on for um, Cisse. Yeah, I get, added a bit more spark, but but twenty seven million. I mean, you know, unfortunately, that's something that's um, labeled at him. You know, still has to provide the value for money. Fosu Mensa. Um, oh, I, I can't even give him a number. I, I, I I'm going to give him one, and and that's okay. And, and it's a sympathy vote, to be honest. He looked, he looked, you know what? He looked like he didn't give a bollocks. He didn't look ready. Uh, just, he was, he was awful. It's one of the worst subbings, performance by sub, I've seen in a Fulham shirt in a long, long time. Very and disappointing. He, and he signed his death warrant because yeah. he, because Ranieri's probably said, well, I had enough of this. He gives him a shot point. and he does that. Yeah, it's stump-like, really. Yeah. Okay, very good. Max, over to you. I couldn't agree more on Giannis's uh, ratings there, pretty much on all three, but especially on Timothy Fosamenta. Yeah. Over to you to finish up. I, I cannot for the life of me wrap my head around why Ranieri took off Chris and put on Fosamenta, especially considering that was his Fosamenta's first appearance on Ranieri. I mean, he hadn't even been in the in the first team squad. There's been nothing. So why on earth, when you're down 2 not at the Emirates, you make a really positive change, you put on Kamari, yep. you, you put on Sari, these are changes to go and win a match. And he put on Fosu Mensa, who we all know just can't defend. And where do the goals come from? They come right down that right back flank. Yep. <laughs> Literally yeah, right after he got back to 2-1, yep. then we then get pegged back because he just doesn't know how to defend. That was shocking. I think a 1 is fair, maybe even a 0. 0.5. I don't even ever give him that. Fosu Mensa looked halfway back up the motorway to Manchester. What a disappointment he has become because I had high hopes for him at the beginning of the season, and it's really come full yeah. circle. It's a shame because – I think people at United are finally realizing he's not quite the player they thought he would be. Yeah. He came really highly regarded. He did. But then he was at Palace. He lost his place halfway through to Juan Basaka. Didn't play at all. And, and for I, us, 
I think we're finding yeah. out. Yeah, which is sad because yeah. I think he's, he's just turned 21 on, a, yeah. on on the 2nd of January. He's a young guy. but Young, young player. He has a lot yeah. of time left, but he's not quite hitting the heights people had hoped. No. Um, yeah, and then going to Kamar really quickly. Again, I mean, what a, what a turnaround story he's yep. been. I mean, from booing his name to everyone. I mean, literally in the win, we were chanting his name for five minutes straight um, after that goal because it, it was a great run. Um, and that was, an, that was a pretty good first touch. I don't know about you guys, but that was a pretty leveled uh, finish in the back of the net. So yep. how about that for the uh, for, for his touch? <laughs> um, but Sterry, again, I, I, he's actually my biggest surprise here because I'm the biggest guy to jump on his back when he doesn't do well because I think he's been a real disappointment. But let's not forget, he set up the goal by having that really, really strong tackle. He did. Um, on, I think it was Ramsey. And that's not something we've seen enough from him. And then the very last minute of the match, he does a full-fledged uh, sliding tackle to block a shot. Yep. Uh, again, impressive effort. I think benching him might have been the kick up, kick up the butt he needed just to motivate himself and show the quality I think we all know he has. Okay, excellent. Max, uh, I'm not sure if you gave ratings for Sari and uh, Kamara. Yeah, I think uh, seven, I agree with um, Giannis. And then I don't remember what Giannis said, but I'm going to say six for Sarri because he did set okay. the goal in a way. Okay. All right, guys. To finish up, we were going to talk about the FA Cup match on Sunday for Fulham against Oldham. And uh, we're just going to talk about it briefly. Giannis, over to you. Thoughts about this match? And, uh, and then uh, at the very end, we'll go to your prediction. But let's just get your overall thoughts on the FA Cup match and what you expect. Well, uh, my understanding is that Oldham have sold nearly 5,000 tickets to come down. I saw that. Yeah, so that's uh, – and God bless them. And that's Good what that. – it keeps the spirit of the FA Cup alive, which is great. So um, they, they've won their last two on the spin. Um, they've got a caretaker manager in there. I'm not expecting an easy game. But I think, um, you know, whether you've got half your reserves out or not, you need the confidence – of a win, um, I think it will be a, a, a tricky test, uh, but but uh, you know I'm expecting us um, to win. And as a little aside, I'm just thinking, you know, at the start of the show we talked about Gary Cahill, yeah, and I'm just I'm just wondering if the reason Cahill didn't play today for Chelsea is is there a possibility that Fulham don't want him to play because he'd be cup tied? Mm-hmm. A good shot. I, I I just read that yeah, on Twitter somewhere, but that's that's a good idea. That actually shows interesting that we might have more ambition in the cup uh, than we expected. Which That's is good. very interesting. Which is good, but um, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't think we're going to beat them. But I think it's, it's, it's good. Um, I think it's great when you play lower league teams. Um, yep. You know, there'll be a good atmosphere. It won't be a sellout. It should okay. be a good atmosphere. And uh, but I expect us to, to win them all. Okay. What do you think is going to be the approach of Ranieri, meaning lineup wise, Giannis? And then I'll go to Max. Well, I'd like to see the Sessignon, the Sessignons together. I'd like to see Luca De La Torre in there. Oh, um, I absolutely want to see Luca De La Torre. Yeah, Betts will probably play in net. Um, I, I as do you a, think you'll I, see Cisse? Yes, I do. I do. I, and I, I said earlier, if Cisse plays, I think he plays against Burnley. I mean, you might as well give him a, a give. What you might as well give him a run out in a game like this, just to you know, just see what he can do. And I wouldn't be surprised if Mitro gets a start either. Just to, okay. you know, it's still, um, you know, he's not the slimmest. Do so you think we'll ever. see a little bit of a mix? Yes, I do. I do. I think we'll take it seriously, but I, I think the, the players like uh, Le Marchand, and I just like saying his name, Le Marchand. <laughs> <laughs> a nice big bagel for breakfast, Le Marchand. <laughs> and uh, Adoy and, um, and uh, Mr. Reem. Okay. Maybe get a little bit of a break and bring some of the kiddies in and see what they can do. Okay, excellent. Max, over to you. Your thoughts on the FA Cup match against Oldham? It's a good question because I remember we had this kind of similar conversation before in the City League Cup game, and we were all kind of like, yeah, no, play the under-17s, get Harvey Elliott in there. I remember. We, really yeah. wanna, we couldn't really be bothered. And they and then, went for it. Yeah, and Jokanovic ended up playing basically his first-strength team in a bid, I think, that we thought to kind of get some – uh, solidity and get some consistency going in the starting lineup. So, you know, I, I think Rainier has said he wants to give players a chance who haven't had a chance, so he might not yep. see that. But I would not be too surprised if he actually plays uh, a few more first-team players than we were expecting, you know? Yep. I think Mitro could be a good shout just to get more goals from him, get his confidence up again. I think the Sessignon brothers playing together is a good shout by Giannis. Yeah, that's that's a good one as well. Luca Del Torre, as you mentioned. Maybe Matt yep. O'Reilly. Um, maybe even Stephen Humphreys, who just got recalled yep. from... Scunthorpe, I think. So he scored yeah. in on the 23 match. See what you got. I mean, he's a guy I remember winning the championship 
one and a half, two seasons ago, I think, and we were saying, listen, get him in the squad, get him scoring goals. He's better than Chris Martin. Uh, so maybe he is a future back here in, in kind of a shock move. Who knows? But I think, listen, I mean, they're 10th in the league too. Oldham, they're a couple points off of playoff places. This is a team we should beat. Again, it's at home. But, you know, yep. stranger things have happened. But I think we should just go out there, enjoy it, get the confidence up, get some young players out there. And really the biggest match is Burnley. Absolutely. You hate to talk about a match with an eye, you know, a week ahead, but that's really the fact of the matter is that this is not what everyone's really looking forward to. Totally agree, but I, I'm looking forward to watching it. I want to see a mix of players like Yana said, the two Sassanian brothers playing together. I'd love to see that. I definitely want to see Luca Della Torre play, you know, again, like to see some young players play with some experienced players. And uh, like you mentioned, enjoy it and win this match. I want to see them win this match, but the priority is obviously Burnley. All right, guys, great show. It's actually been a very enjoyable show, but let's wrap this up for this episode of Cottage Talk. For my co-hosts, Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.